You're listening to Retail Gets Real, brought to you by the National Retail Federation. Join us for a look inside the world's largest and most interesting industry. And now your host, Bill Thorne. Welcome to another episode of Retail Gets Real, where we talk about the industry that impacts everyone, everywhere, every day. I'm really excited about this program. It's going to be incredibly interesting. And I've got a great co-host. It's Nicole Ryla. Hello, Nicole. Hello, Bill. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. I think we're going to have a good time. I do, too. I'm excited. Our guest is an entrepreneur, I would say, more than anything else. What he's done and what he's built is pretty outstanding, and I want to tell you all about it. But first, I want to thank Bobby Farahi for joining us. Thank, thank you, Bobby. So... Before we get started with you, Bobby, Nicole, tell us a little bit about you. So I'm Nicole, as you already said, and I have been supporting retailers through content, is what I like to say, content and conversation for the last 10 years through Retail Minded, which is essentially a publication targeted towards smaller independent retailers. So we really appreciate your being here. We're at the shop.org digital conference in Los Angeles. We've got a lot of great technologists here. We've got a lot of great retailers. We've got a lot of great stories. We're going to learn one today. Bobby, when did you launch Dolls Kill? So first of all, it wasn't just me. It's um, And if you look at the site and you look at me, you'll go like, I can't really make the connection, <laughs> so I'll explain that. Um, so my wife and I started the company and we started it five years ago now, um, literally in our apartment in San Francisco. Um, with this vision to, you know, create a place where, you know, she would she would go shopping um, at all these different stores and, and she was always looking for like these one-off weird pieces and she would only find one in each store and it was always random and she kept saying, wouldn't it be great if we had this place where it was all this weird merchandise that, uh, that you know, all in one place um, that represented... Um, you know, expressing your individuality, being yourself, standing out, and that's what the brand stands for. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, I've been instructed not to use any um, <laughs> explicit words here, So, um, which is hard because, you know, our mission statement and our purpose uh, all have explicit words in them. Um, you know, uh, our purpose is, you know, to empower a girl to unleash her IDGAF. Right. <clears throat> so when you came up with the idea, how did you come up with the name Dolls Kill? It was a random night sitting around, throwing out names, typing them into GoDaddy and... Checking to see, yeah. And there it was. But, I mean, it represents a lot. Um, you know, Dolls is such a soft, feminine word and Kill is just the opposite of it and you know um and it's it, memorable yeah absolutely oh, it's, definitely memorable. it's very memorable and isn't that the goal yeah. of any retailer trying to capture attention yeah it definitely stands for you know a lot well when we were going through the uh the session uh for the for the show and they said oh we've got uh, dolls kill i stopped the meeting i was like Somebody please explain to me what that is. Have you and, been to the site? And I, I, I did go to the site, <laughs> and um, I learned very quickly what it was. Um, but I, that's the one I remembered. Yeah. I could tell you that I didn't really remember any of the other ones. But yeah. I was like, are you all familiar with Dolls Kill? What was your impression when you went to the site? I, uh, I feel very old. <laughs> <laughs> Just very, very old. Well, and you know, for me, it was all about the navigation. I wasn't ready to stop. 
Mm-hmm. In other words, I wanted to keep looking. Yeah. Well, there is so much to that, really. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of the brand is is just um, we were never focused in the early days about making sales. My wife was a DJ in her past life. And in that world, you really, you know, your only focus is how do I build a following? That's all you do. And then everything follows that. And so everything we did was about how do we build a following? And, and the two parts to that were product and content around the product. And the content around the product, you know, a big part of it was just being authentic, being real, um, and resonating with, with the girl. I love that. And it certainly has worked. Well, your fans love you. And why do you think the brand resonates with them so closely, so strongly? I think we're real, right? I mean, um, we don't filter. Um, you know, um, they feel they feel the, a connection to the brand. They feel, you know, that they're in a tribe. They feel part of the community. Um, we started this thing early on in the business. Um, uh, you know, and we were bootstrapping pre-funding early in the business, and um, we didn't want to go to modeling agencies and pay the $2,000 modeling fee. That was the reason we started this um, program called our Be a Doll program, which we just put out there to our audience. Hey, you know, if you want to be a model on Dolls Kill, take a photo of yourself, put it on social, hashtag Dolls Kill, and we'll find you that way. We'll discover you and we'll bring you in. And this thing just grew a life of its own. And, and um, you know, we have, our, they die to be part of that and, and come and experience the brand in our office, be a part of it, be on the site, be on our social channels. And so that that's still to this date, um, a big part of what we do is um, we still don't use any modeling agencies. Um, all, every single girl you see on Dolls Kill is a customer. Um, that I love that because, I mean, it's connecting customers to customers, too, right. because I will relate more to a real-life customer than I would any model, right? right. Yeah, and, and I think that what you hear over and over and over again from uh, people that have started successful online uh, e-commerce is they've built a community. Mm-hmm. The community matters. It's almost foundational to that success. Right. And beyond, I mean, so when we talk about the community, um, what are the different uh, avenues that you use in order to continue not only just to have it, but to build on it? Right. So as of three months ago, we opened our first store. Um, wow. And um, if you asked me two years ago, I would have said, absolutely, we'll never open a store and stores are dying and that's not <laughs> what we're going to ever do. We're going to, we're doing something beyond that. But what we found is, you know, it, it is about multi-touch point, right? You, you don't just pick one channel. And for us, it's, you know, Instagram, Snapchat, the store, we throw parties. You know, it's just so many different channels to just bring the community together, whether it's digital or in physical format, and continuously working on that. That's great. So it's shoppertainment. You're giving them entertainment during this omni-channel shopping experience, those touch points like you just said, those multiple touch points, whether it's Instagram or in your physical storefront or on your website. Correct. And if you look at, um, you know, Snapchat is our latest channel that's blowing up. Um, We show everything behind the scene. You know, every employee inside Dolls Kill um, has a voice. Um, They get to go on the Snapchat channel at any point and show what they're doing. I'm designing this shoe. A warehouse person can take over the Snapchat for the day. You know, we have this... Um, warehouse employee, his name is Marquis, and he's kind of become a star, you know, because every Wednesday he goes on, and it's called Warehouse Wednesdays, and he just, you know, 
talks from the warehouse and you know brings people into the into that part of the company and i think you know these days people want to be be part of a company they want to buy from a company that they feel a connection to when you uh when you before you started dolls kill what was what were you doing so i had a uh previous company um it was a totally different um and and i think that's what motivated me to do dolls kill uh, it was a b2b SaaS service company similar to a lot of these guys a lot of these vendors you see here and um so I think what really drove me to do Dolls Kill was was exactly that wanting to build a tribe and um, and wanting to do it with you know my wife and um, that connection and our ability to build a tribe was a big part of what drove us and still to this day drives us. So you're San Francisco based, um, but I'm assuming the tribe extends beyond San Francisco. Where do you find other really good success in that? Yeah, so it's weird. We're a San Francisco base, but we're not really a San Francisco brand. Right. Um, we're probably more an LA brand, Australia brand. You know, um, our fashion is probably more that than a San Francisco fashion. Um, it just happened that we lived there. Um, Shadi was from here originally, and she moved out. So we started in San Francisco, which gave us some um, uh, advantages uh, being in the tech. Um, close to the tech community and um, that part of it, definitely some disadvantages from um, being close to the customer and and um, the model pool and, and and you know fashion in general. But um, we've made do. Is a lot of it international? Yeah. Like and so when you say Australia, is it um, is it pretty centered or is it pretty broad? No, it's it's. Predominantly English-speaking countries, so um, Australia, Canada, UK are, are top international countries. Um, and probably because we haven't put the resources towards um, creating international sites, so we just have one site mm. in English. So, Nicole, you see a lot of these startups. You see a lot of these folks that you know, are, are in Bobby's position several years ago. Uh, what is the common denominator that you've seen that kind of drives that success that Bobby has seen? Yeah, well, I, I love the fact that you've created a community through what I would identify as brand ambassadors, which are your own customers. And I think that's what drives success is that customer integration in your brand growth. In other words, they're fueling the conversations among each other using hashtags and Snapchat and Instagram and, you know, this very organic marketing initiatives mm -hmm. that has really joined them collectively mm -hmm. to want to support you as a brand, but also each other. And I think I've seen it in other businesses as well. When they feel like a sense of community within the customer and the retailer, there's more likely that you're going to retain that customer, and that's the goal, right? Retention, keeping the customer loyal. Mm -hmm. And those are the companies that typically find more success. Yeah, and one thing we don't do is, um, still to this date, is um, you know when we start something, we don't think about scalability, and um, probably to a fault, but um, it really has helped us in not you know, limiting ourselves in what we do. You know, we, this year we, um, set up a burning man camp and, um, you know, how was that experience? Burning man is amazing. I mean, burning really? man is, um, home. <laughs> That's great. That's <laughs> yeah. fantastic. Yeah. To, to not just us, but, um, you know, a big part of our audience. So where does Doll, dolls kill go from here? 
So we've started on this store initiative, um, which is really exciting us. So um, we're going to start, you know, opening stores. Um, you know, I think a big challenge for us and something we talk about is, you know, as we grow, how to um, do it without alienating our um, cult following and um, making sure that we still continue to be true to her and not come across as selling out and, you know, uh, continue to being authentic in that way. So right. we really make want to make sure we do that and, and we will not grow at the cost of that. So does growth, when you, when you think, it is very interesting to me. I mean, I, we talk about it all the time, this um, convergence uh, where online now are opening brick and mortar, brick and mortar now really pushing uh, resources behind getting online in a very aggressive way. Uh, what brought you to that decision that the store was the way to go? That's kind of the next step in this generation of building dolls kill. Yeah, I mean, it, we originally built the store as a customer acquisition tool. So we thought going into it that we're going to be on a street that has traffic and there's going to be people walking by that don't know about the brand. And that is what the purpose of the store was. What I totally underestimated was um, how many of our customers that shopped online wanted to experience the brand in real life. And I think um, that became apparent to us on opening day when, you know, we put up an Instagram post saying we're open tomorrow and we woke up in the morning and went there and noticed people were camped out and there was a line around the block. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. And, and I, you know, and, and I also for us, I mean, when we walked into the store, when everything was set up, it was a whole different experience, uh, feel for the brand that we had ever gotten. So I think what we learned is, um, despite what I thought, which was, hey, our, our audience grew up with cell phones and online shopping, and they're, you know, they're not going to the malls. No, they, they really do want to experience a brand that they connect with in, in a different way. And so that's what we learned um, with the store opening is, um, you know, um, they want to have that different experience of the brand. So brick and mortar is not dead. Brick and mortar for digital brands is that <laughs> <laughs> we have we have an advantage. We have a built-in audience. We just have you to do. put up a Instagram post and they show up. That's right? pretty fantastic. We're almost out of time, but we have a segment of the program that we call Rapid Fire. Okay. And so we're going to ask you some questions right. and we just need you to answer with the first thing that pops into your head. Got it. Careful. All right. <laughs> Go ahead, Nicole. What's an article of clothing you never travel without? Mm, right now, my Yeezys. As a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, a fireman. What's the first thing you do in the morning? I... Take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> Early bird or night owl? Night owl. Uh, what was the last magazine you pulled off a rack? Uh... Stumped again. Uh, okay, let me follow that up. Then. What is the app that you can't live without? Instagram. Website you visit most religiously? Dollskill.com. Of course. And what was the last song or musician you downloaded to a playlist? Uh, Dixon, a techno artist out of Berlin, which I discovered at Burning Man. Very good. Beach or mountains? Mountains. 
Well, I think that about does it, Bobby. Thank you. That was fun. <laughs> no, that, that, you did well. Um, I got stumped a couple times. Nicole, thank you for co-hosting today. You were absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and I hope that you'll come me. back and do it again. Bobby is a guest. You were absolutely enlightening. And thank I really you. do appreciate it. Appreciate and, um, it. If people want to learn more about Dolls Kill, where do they go? Dollskill.com. Excellent. We're going to post more information about the topics we discussed today on our website, retailgetsreal.com, where you can also find links to other episodes. Subscribe to the show and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Google Play and Stitcher. Nicole, thank you. Thank you. Bobby, see you again soon. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Retail Gets Real, brought to you by NRF. For more information about the National Retail Federation, visit us online at nrf.com.